morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock. And I got to change up this opening today because today I'm your host from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. As you uh, have been tuning in for the last few hours, we were at Yeshiva Noam uh, earlier this morning. So my show today, instead of 9 to 11, is 10 to 11. All good, all cool in the neighborhood over here. Um, the truth is, because uh, we were out in Yeshiva Noam Wednesday morning, I had to, uh, this is actually being pre-recorded yesterday, Tuesday, just simply because uh, I engineer. So literally right now, like as you're listening to this, I, have, I am probably putting back the board into its little case that I bring and, and taking the mics and kind of wrapping them up and putting them away and all the wiring and the the internet connection, like all that is being done right now as we speak. And that's why I can't be doing this show live because, hey, we got to get out of there pretty much as soon as we're done. So as you're listening to this, I'm cleaning up the set that we just came off of at Yeshiva Noam. Um, but yeah, basically this show is an hour long. And usually what you're used to hearing now is is I go into like, I don't know, five, 10 minute intro of, of just random stuff that's going on. Maybe something about the commute, something I learned the other day, something I saw on TV, some quote I saw, something on the internet, whatever it was. Usually there, there's there's some sort of intro and, you know, I go five, 10 minutes. Sometimes it's weather related. And guess what? 60s today, 60s, maybe even 70 tomorrow. Pretty pumped for that. But um, just due to our time restraints today, I'm going to quickly, I'm going to kick it over to what you're used to hearing, and that's uh, music. We have uh, two interviews today, though, uh, take place at different times than you're used to expect. Hovind Israel joins us at 10, 15 a.m. She talks to Josh Haston, and then at 10, 45 a.m., we'll hear from Joanna Shepson as she talks to Tali Tarlow of Israel Scaventures. You'll want to hear that. That's at about 10.45 a.m. And then uh, music throughout the rest. And then 11 a.m. is Wednesday's live lunch with Avrami. So shortened bites. You know what I should say? It's a bite-sized version of Bite Size today. And then uh, regular programming otherwise throughout the day. So let's kick it over to music. And we start with one thing and one thing only on Wednesdays. Mahapecha shel simcha on a bite-sized version of Bite Size right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים hey, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים
back here on Bite Size, a quarter past ten, and it's time for Tova in Israel's interview with Josh Haston. Tova with Josh right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm very excited to introduce my next uh, interview with Joshua Haston. He's a journalist, a radio host, Israel advocate. He's the spokesperson for Gush Etzion. He has a whole slew of uh, things on his <laughs> on his resume, and I'm excited to uh, finally have the opportunity to speak to you. It's great to be here, Tova in Israel. <laughs> Cute. So, um, really, the first time I ever even heard your name, saw you, um, you know, before we get into who you are and where you're from, but just an impact that you have. You have such an impact. Uh, you posted a video a while ago, a few years ago, of uh, a, per- a personal account of your car getting hit by a uh, Palestinian terrorist, I guess we want to call him, uh, through a rock at your car while you were driving Gosh Well, yeah, actually, um, luckily the, the car, the rocks actually, uh, were never launched, um, but I was in a near lynch on the road between Tekoa and Jerusalem when 30 masked uh, Arabs were charging my car with cinder blocks with the intent to murder me. And uh, luckily I, um, I am armed, uh, so I fired, as I got closer, I fa- fired around in the air and was able to escape to Jerusalem. But other people who passed that area before me weren't as lucky. When I got to the checkpoint between Gush Etzion and Jerusalem, I saw other cars had been hit, people were injured, people were in shock. It was a whole chaotic scene. And, I mean, it was October the 7th, if I'm not mistaken, 2015. You can go back, you can Google Tekoa, October 7th, 2015. You'll see the extent of that attack where a woman was nearly pulled out of her car and uh, lynched. I got out unscathed uh, thanks to uh, to God and thanks to the fact that I was armed and I fired one round in the air which uh, backed off the terrorists who uh, had their eyes on uh, had their eyes set on my car next. So that was, uh, you know, I've had many other, I guess, terror experiences here in Israel, but that was probably the most traumatic and, uh, and the di- most difficult one. Um, over the last, I've been here now about uh, almost 17 years. So that wow. was that was the closest call I've had. I've had other close calls though too. Wow. So that was definitely, uh, you know, that introduced me to who you are. But how does somebody that moved from America deal with a situation like that coming into Israel and now living that reality? So listen, ultimately, even though I had that incident and I've been down in Sterot, I've had to run from uh, from rockets. I worked in Sterot. For several years, representing the uh, the Hezder Yeshiva down there as their international spokesperson, doing PR for the organization. So I've had to do that. I mean, since I've been here, we've had three operations in Gaza, a major operation in Judea and Samaria, the Second Lebanon War, waves of terror attacks, the, the so-called knifing intifada, and of course the Oslo War, as I called it, or the Second Intifada. So I mean, but you know what? If you talk to uh, somebody who's in their 60s or 70s here, who lived in uh, the period of the Six-Day War, the Yom Kippur War, I mean, compared to what they went through, I mean, this is really, you know, nothing. I, mean, I wouldn't call it nothing, but this is, you know, much, much uh, less extreme, I would say, than even those major, major wars. But listen, as I tell people all the time, I talk to groups a lot. I bring groups to Gush Etzion, and people are looking around. Should we be nervous? Are we scared or whatnot? At the end of the day, when you're here in Israel, you have what's called the Israel Defense Force. You have the IDF 24-7 and all the other security agencies. They are protecting you and guarding you. So many of these attacks uh, which happen here in Israel, um, many attacks, rather, are, are actually prevented. You don't. You, there are a lot of things you don't hear about. It can't be publicized for... You know, for security reasons, but so many attacks here are thwarted. So, 
my point is that I feel much safer here in Jerusalem, in Gush Etzion, in Hebron, in Sterot, wherever it is, I feel safer knowing that for the first time in 2,000 years, there is, since the time of the Maccabees, there's a Jewish army who has my back, who's protecting me, protecting uh, my loved ones. And that's why I feel safer here than I do walking in Times Square where there are thousands of people and you never know uh, what could happen. Thank God for the idea. Thank God for the state of Israel and for God giving us this great gift. So that's why I am confident and I feel safe here despite so many losses we've had. And my friend Ari Fold, who was murdered several weeks ago, Hashem Yakum Damo. I mean, despite it all, I still feel safer here than I do anywhere else in the world, honestly. We know, we know who our enemy is, and we're not afraid to, uh, to pull them out. No, absolutely. As, as absolutely. It's clear. It's crystal clear. Wow. Okay, so talking about, you, you mentioned Gushetzion, and uh, you are a spokesperson for Gushetzion. What does that entail? So uh, what I do for Gush Etzion, I work both for the regional council and for the foundation. Uh, the regional council representing 22 communities, uh, about uh, 25,000 residents spread out through Gush Etzion, and the foundation which works to fill in the gaps where there isn't government funding for various projects, whether you're talking about welfare or security or protecting uh, or, or uh, helping terror victims or the needy or the elderly, people with Alzheimer's. There's so many different projects that come out of the foundation. So I represent both entities. They're separate. They're, you know, under the same roof. Physically, they both sit in the municip- municipal building in Gush Etzion. But um, the municipality, I mean, they oversee day-to-day life for all the residents of Gush Etzion. So several months ago, I, I became their spokesperson. So I'm helping them now with social media. I'm helping them get the word out with all the wonderful things happening in Gush Etzion on social media and the mainstream media. And uh, unfortunately, I mentioned Ari Fuld before. Unfortunately, when he was murdered, I spent the day, you know, bitafkid, as they say, in my role working with the foreign press in Israel. Before you were able to probably handle it on a personal level. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even have time to process. I went right to the scene and I was there for about 12 hours until the funeral, doing interview after interview after interview, talking about Ari's life, talking about the, the great, uh, the tragic and, and, and extreme loss that we had there. Um, so for better or for worse, whether it's unfortunately in a, t- in a case like that or if there's something positive, if someone in Gush Etzion is doing amazing work, uh, to help uh, uh, kids from uh, difficult homes, uh, whatever, difficult families, whether it's the history of Gush Etzion. There was a big article in Jerusalem Post about the uh, the 50th anniversary of the Lamed Hay, so I helped promote that. So for, for better or for worse, good and for bad, I try to do my best representing the people of Gush Etzion to the English-speaking uh, community, both here and abroad. Wow. So um, on that topic of Ari Fold, this week you had a round table. You were sitting around with Four other, you and four other powerhouses, I like to call you guys. Um, you had Ari Abramowitz, and you had Ben Goldstein, and Gedalia Bloom, Bloom and um, Avi Abelow. Yes. So, yes, and you guys are five powerhouses, and all I kept thinking was, there's somebody missing from this round table, and it was painful to see that Ari Fold wasn't there, because right. he would really have been right in there in the moment. It would have been six guys. And, uh, but what you guys are doing, you, you, you could tell everybody what, what... So, yeah, so as a result, unfortunately, of Ari's murder, um, a couple guys got together a few days after and said, listen, we really have to unite. We have to get together and not only continue Ari's work. I mean, there is you can't step in Ari's shoes. There's not another Ari fold out there. That we know. Everyone is crystal clear about that. No one 
You know, but the guy he left was a up, legacy. He left a legacy. The guy yeah. was up. You saw the little green dot on on social media on Facebook indicating he was up till four o'clock in the morning, yeah, whether editing videos, putting together you know new public diplomacy projects, whatever it was, helping soldiers getting ready for the next day. Nobody can replace him. But a couple, a core group got together a few days after and said, "Listen, number one, we have to continue his legacy. Number two, we need to find a way. Finally, I mean, maybe this was this is, you know, this was the inspiration for all of us who are working in the field of so-called Hasbara. I don't use the word so much public diplomacy Israel advocacy Israel advocacy telling the truth of Israel for for all of us to get together and unite you know if you talk about reach and reaching out to so many people I mean you take the Land of Israel Network where I uh, have a radio radio where I I do a radio show once a week I mean and that thing has 300,000 followers on Facebook you take Avi Abel's Israel Video Network who have hundreds of thousands if not more followers we decided if we could all get together and combine all our resources and efforts we can really get the truth about Israel out so yesterday we had our pilot edition of we called it the Judean Roundtable it's not the official name (laughs) where the five of us literally turned on our Facebook Facebook Live and some of us using Twitter, um, the live uh, Twitter, uh, I don't even know what it's called, Periscope or whatever it's called on Twitter, the live Twitter feed, yeah. put up all our cameras and just started talking. We, t- we picked several subjects. It's so important because you have this reach and you're really making even a bigger impact now. Yeah. So you, yeah. So we got together, the five of us. We met at Ari Abramowitz and Jeremy Gimpel's farm uh, behind Ibe Anachal. If you haven't visited there, you got to check that out. It's an awesome place. The best views. Uh, some of the best views in all of Israel, unbelievable, overlooking the Judean desert. And we said we're going to just record this one program. And now here we are just 12 hours plus later, and we know that th- tens of thousands of people have yeah. seen this one. This was a trial video. So what we plan to do is we plan to expand it. We plan to have more people represented. And, you know, we don't always agree on every single issue, but that's why this is an amazing thing. It's five people who are doing uh, great work for Israel who have different opinions on, in this case, we are talking about the situation in Gaza. How do we solve the problem with Hamas? We are also talking about uh, relationships between American Jewry and, and Jewry here in Israel, which seem to be on two different paths with so many different opinions. Well, the so, hot topics. Yeah, so those were just two issues. We even had a third topic. I don't even remember what it was. We were already talking for 55 minutes minutes we didn't even get to it but every once in a while i can't promise if it's going to be every week twice a month whatever it is we're going to get together people who are telling the truth the information you're not getting in the mainstream media sharing our thoughts on the issues of the day here in israel whatever they are and uh this again this was just a pilot so we hope to continue i know so many other people are very much wanting to be a part of this project and again it was ari fold uh that brought us together that said we have to unite now more than ever, work together, use all of our resources to get this message out, the truth about Israel. So that's really what the project is. And hopefully there'll be more and more other types of projects similar to this, yeah. not just the roundtable, but this is just the beginning. It was a couple guys on, uh, who went out on Guys Night, and we said, listen, we got to get together, we got to do something, and this is the result of that. But you're using it for a very positive message. And on that note, one of your topics was about American jury. So if you had, right now, the majority of this uh, audience right now are American Jews. Maybe, I'm sure there are others, but what is one message that you really want to get across to these American Jews? So this is something we talked about yesterday. I mean, ultimately, there are a lot of messages. You know, there's a lot of, unfortunately, differences of opinion. You have American Jews overall who 
hate Donald Trump, more Israeli Jews like Donald Trump. And we can pick any, you know, we can pick and choose so many different issues, religious pluralism, the, sta- the status of the Western Wall, so many different issues where it seems like we disagree, according to the numbers, according to the statistics. But the one thing I would say to American Jews, and Avi Abel actually said this yesterday, so I'm going to piggyback off of what he said yesterday, ultimately the answer is Israel. Yeah. The answer is Israel. Come home to Israel. If, if how many there, American Jews are there, what are we talking about, five, six million? Mm-hmm. Imagine if a million American Jews picked up tomorrow and came home to Israel. God forbid it shouldn't be as a result of anti-Semitism. It shouldn't be as a result of a pogrom. It should be as a result of a desire, a desire and a want. Right, to come home. If yeah. a million Jews came home, you know, people complain often, myself included. I don't like what the government did here. I don't like what the government did there. Whatever your opinion is, if you want to make a real change towards the history of the Jewish people, this is the place to do it. If you're not happy with the prime minister, come over here and make your voice heard. Get a new prime minister elected. Use the power of the democracy that we have here. And if you like the way things are going, you can express that also via the ballot box. You can create your own political party. You can join many, so many NGOs who are doing an amazing work, whether it's in uh, the field of uh, Israel advocacy or whether it's in, uh, you know, uh, improving health care, whatever it is. I mean, this is your future. And I think ultimately with all the great messages that we spread yesterday, all the things we talked about, at the end of the day, American Jews have to realize, and people are, you know, thanks to Nevish Benefish and the amazing work they're doing in facilitating Aliyah, but overall in terms of the actual numbers of Aliyah, I don't think it's on a steep increase, a steep incline. It was from the Soviet Union, recently from France, but American Jews, this is the audience we're talking to today, you, you have to come home. Put together a plan. That's what I would recommend. That's what I did. I had a five-year plan. That's I said to myself, yeah. You put together a plan. You have to, without a plan, it's never going to happen. You can say, one day I wish, I dream, I this and that. Say, okay, this is what I need to do in the next five years in order to get to Israel. So for myself, I put together a five-year plan. I actually got it done in four and a half years. I met Aliyah before at Nevish Benefish. I did it the old school, you know, waiting in the lines and the whole deal now. You have no idea how easy it is now. We were talking about the Parsha Shavua. Imagine Avraham's Aliyah, okay? Uh, there was no, there was, you know, that, that, there's nothing here, and he did it himself with his family, with with his emunah, with his faith in Hashem. And then I came on Aliyah, not to compare myself to Avram. I came before Nevish, but Nevish was also more of a uh, of a challenge dealing with the bureaucracies and whatnot. Now you have this amazing with the Jewish Agency and Nevish Benevish, amazing organization that does you know all the paperwork for you on the plane as you're waiting, sitting there waiting to get over to land in Ben Gurion Airport. So take advantage of this amazing opportunity. I know there are many reasons, you know, family reasons, money reasons, there are all different kinds of reasons or excuses in some cases. But at the end of the day, God wants you here. God wants you here. And this is the place to be. The future of the Jewish people, no doubt, is here in Israel. So make Aliyah. That'll solve all the issues and problems in terms of, you know, where American Jewry stands and this and that. You'll, you'll be part of Israeli Jewry. You'll have a different voice. And here is where the future is. Here is where, as I said before, here is where your soldiers are. Here is where your state is. Here is where all your people are. Here is where the calendar of the week and of the year is based on the Jewish calendar. You can't get any better than that. So come home to Israel. That would be my number one message. Just going back on um, what Ari Fold's, uh, his quote, he said, if you're living life, if life is too easy, you're living it wrong. You know, so people might say, moving to Israel might be hard. Okay, so who said life has to be easy? You're right. You know? so, so what? So life it's, is hard. It's more schar. Like you, <laughs> picking up and coming to a place where it might be difficult, but if you're doing it for the right reasons. You like, there's nothing better than this. Yeah, I mean, it's become cliche to say. I know many many people have said it. You have an opportunity in life. 
do you want to be up on that stage or do you want to be sitting and watching the audience? So I say get up on that stage. It's not always easier up on that stage. It's not easier. You have to, you know, you have a whole perform. crowd perform. You have a whole crowd, you have a lot of people looking at you. You have to remember your lines, okay? Whatever it is, when you're up on stage, it's definitely easier than going to a show and being in the crowd. If you're a stand-up comedian, how hard, how hard is that? If you're doing a play, a performance, whatever, up on stage is not always easy. That's for sure. But it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it at the end of the day, even with the craziness here. And there are some crazy times. There are times when you just put your hands on your head and say, what in the world is going on here? Whether it's the bureaucracy or the traffic, whatever but it is. But you just laugh about it because if you don't, you might cry. End, at, the, at the end of the day, you get used to it. You yes. accept it. You prepare mentally. Okay, I need to get a new passport. I realize yeah. I need to make an appointment and go in in line. And people are going to try to, who knows what, and it's going to take time. And this, you know, all kinds of excuses. But at the end of the day, what is the meaning? Why are we here? What is the whole point of all this? Yeah. And the fate of the Jewish people is in the land of Israel. It has been like that for 3,000 years. We have been exiled. We are now back home. We have a country and an army, and this is where you belong. Okay, so I'm sure people right now are, who don't know your name, even though it's impossible that they don't, they could, <laughs> they could listen to your own show. Too much. They could yeah. listen to your own show on thelandofisrael.com yeah the land of israel network at thelandofisrael.com my show comes out a new podcast comes out every monday it's called israel uncensored and i focus their amazing hosts on the land of israel network we have a whole amazing lineup of talk radio hosts my show focuses on the latest news and views from israel other people focus on archaeology or torah or many other important topics which and i encourage you to go listen to all the shows on the land of israel um, but my show is is up to date news. Just an example: three weeks ago, I had on Jason Green, Greenblatt, a special advisor to Donald Trump, to talk about um, this upcoming so-called peace plan and whether you think it's going to be you know amount to anything or not. But but those are the type of guests I have talking about Israel with Jason Greenblatt, who was sitting at his desk in the White House. So that was an amazing, uh, amazing experience. But I also talked to a lot of Israeli politicians and decision makers and heads of NGOs uh, here in Israel. People who are on the front lines doing amazing work who are in the news here in Israel. My, uh, that's what my focus is. Fantastic. Breaking news from Israel. Breaking news. So people want to hear breaking news from uh, a powerhouse. Definitely, they're going to. You're check. too kind, Tova in Israel. You're the you're the powerhouse here, Tova. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> Just to, first of all, I wish you continued success in Kushetzion and everything, but I want to end off uh, with one question, because sure. you have lived here for, you said, 17 years, yeah. and you're all over uh, Israel, and you love Israel. Is there one place that you could pinpoint as your Israel happy place? Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm you know, being in Kushetzion, I'm biased towards Kushetzion. Kushetzion is an amazing, amazing place, both from historical, biblical times, from modern times, pre-1948, there's so much history leading up to the establishment of the State of Israel, the sacrifice in Gush Etzion, all the way up to today where we're thriving with 22 communities. If you include Efrat and Beitar Elite, you're talking about 100,000 people. Imagine that in 1967 there was not one Jew in the area. Today there are 100,000 people and growing. But my happy place, I will admit, I'm proud of it, every uh, Friday in the summer, I am at the beach. I am at Chof Palmachim, the Palmachim beach. Yeah. Out of, let's say, there are 12 Fridays 
uh, in the summer, if you count uh, June, July, and August, out of those 12, I'm there at least 10 out of 12 Fridays. Wow. So when I get into the water... Everyone's going to know where to find you now. <laughs> if I get in, when I get into that water after a, a long week of work at Palmachim Beach, it is complete happiness and bliss, oh. and it is so relaxing being in those waves, listening to those waves, and being in the water... I could sit there for, I don't have that much time because it's right before Shabbat, you know, so, but Friday in Israel is more or less for some a day off. For me, it's a day off and I'm at the beach. I just need 90 minutes in that water, okay? And I come, I go into Shabbat, a completely different person. I usually fall asleep during Mincha on Friday night because of the sun is very strong here in Israel. So that's one of the downs, I guess. It's but by Lachad Adi, I am completely passed out most of the time. <laughs> yeah, people people elbow, elbowing me, waking me up, pinching me, trying to get me up. But it's worth it. That bliss for those 90 minutes on the beach. Uh, you, it doesn't have to be Palmachim. It can be Ashdod. It can be Nitzanim. Palmachim is just my favorite. Those 90 minutes, that is my ultimate happy place. I don't know if that's a good answer. I mean, I don't know if that's inspirational. You know, people talk about being up on Masada. People talking about, you know, Hebron, the Kotel, the Temple Mount. We have a gorgeous Chobiyam, we have a gorgeous beach. I'm a beach guy. Every, you know, every every summer I'm out there for three months. So that's my place, my happy place in Israel. Joshua, thank you for sitting with me and uh, getting the word out. Everything you do for the people of Israel and the land of Israel. Amazing. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Josh Haston. TovaInIsrael.com, TovaInIsrael on Facebook, where you will uh, continue to find all wonderful content on the land of Israel with Tova in Israel. More coming up on Bite Size, a little bit more music. At 1045, it's Joanna Shepson with Holly Tarlow coming up right here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network.
רוצים לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. תלכי יוכלו בן אדם, יש לי סיב כל הזמן, לא לבכות הכל לטובה. אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. ישלח לי את הנס, ישלח לי את הנס של It's time for Joanna Shepson's interview with Tali Tarlow of Israel Scaventures right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks, Yoni. So today I get to interview Tali Tarlow, who is the founder of Israel Scaventures, and we've spoken to her before, but she's got some new new things going on that we want to talk about. Hi, Tali. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Very good. So we're standing at the Jerusalem Tourism Hub. Most people don't know about it, but there's this special shared workspace in First Station, and often Tali and I meet here for different events. Um And Tali has recently published a book. Tell us a little bit about the scavenger hunt book that you've published. Sure. So it's called Scavengers Jerusalem, the experiential guidebook. And basically what we've done with this is we've tried to give families um, a way of connecting with Jerusalem directly, anytime, at your time, at your pace, um, and have a really meaningful experience with Jerusalem. Uh, we, there are five experiential tours inside the book. Um, none of them are the same as the routes that we do as our scavenger routes. Which and basically means you can still book a, a scavenger hunt through Tali and still enjoy the book. Okay. Totally. Uh, you should, in fact, not just can. Um, 
However, there are, are routes inside of there that's don't, that we don't do that are exclusive to the book. For example, there is a self-guided uh, scavenger or tour experience of Har Herzl, um, which is Israel's national cemetery and is steeped with history and meaning and stories. Um, and as a family, you've you know you've done everything, including the scavengers, including you know the the museums and the adventures and the whatever. And here is something else that you can do. Go to to Har Herzl, where one of you is looking out for the pictures, and one of you is the historian, and one of you is the detective, and you have missions to find out the story by yourself um, in your time. So, tell us the five different locations that are mentioned in the book. Sure. So we have um, an experiential uh, scavenger tour in the Old City, which is uh, different to our regular Old City scavenger hunt because um, it starts on Mount Zion. It does a lot of exploration there. Um, we have also in Yemen Moshe area, which is gorgeous, the windmill, uh, the story, the first neighborhoods beyond the, the walls of the Old City. We have... Um, a game in the Shuk in Machane Yehuda Market. Um, we have also, as I said, on Har Herzl. And the last one is actually really special. It's something unique to this book. Where is that? That is uh, here, actually. Uh, we're at the first station, um, and we have a train game, uh, which is a, a whole uh, unique kind of product uh, where you have uh, a board where you use to identify things and solve missions and and uh, find pictures and whatever. And it's here in the first station, which is anyway a place where you want to be because there are markets and there are restaurants and uh, um, other segue activities. And, and so actually the first station is one of my favorite places to send tourists. I always say if there's like a, a couple hours you have to spend or you've got a morning, a Friday morning, come to the train station, the first station, there's always something happening. And so now you could bring the book with you and you know for sure you've got a fun kids game and activity to do also. Um, how much does the book cost and where can people buy it? The book costs 150 shekels um, for five days out, which is an awesome price. Um, and you can buy it from our website. Joanna will put the, the link there. Uh, there are also a few locations in Jerusalem that you can get it. At the first station, you can get it at the Smart Tours shop. Um, in the Shook area, you can get it from Power Coffee Works on Agrippa Street. And in the Old City, you can pick it up from the Shoreshim uh, gift store. So that's actually great that you just mentioned gift store because this isn't just a book, in my opinion, because Tali gave me a copy. I've used it with my kids and it's really fantastic. The book comes wrapped with a pencil inside. Um, it's very interactive. And it's not just a book to buy if you're here visiting, but if you want to buy a unique souvenir or you want to buy a unique bar or bat mitzvah present and connect someone to Jerusalem, it's even something that they could flip through when they're not actually here and, and hold on to it for when their next trip comes. So we're going to give you a link on Fun in Jerusalem for buying the book. And um, Tali, we can't wait to see what else you come up with. Every time we meet you, you've got a new product and a new exciting way to explore Jerusalem. So uh, please tell me next time you've got something new and we'll have you on the show again. Awesome. Thank you, Joanna. All right. And now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna. And thank you, Tali Tarlo. For Joanna, find her at funinjerusalem.com. Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. 
where you could hear plenty more of the interviews she's done in the past as well as just some great ideas when you visit. If you're looking for cool activities, you'll want to go to funinjerusalem.com or contact Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. Just a bit more music coming up here as we wrap things up here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network.
just about wraps things up here on a bite-sized version of Bite Size of Rami's Live Lunch coming up in just a few seconds. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to this hour. I'd like to wish you all a great, great day and remind you that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size.